You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy 35, the All-American. And Dan. Dapper Daniel. I'm going to start throwing All-American in my intro, bro. The people said I'm All-American. I got to ride with it. How y'all boys feeling today? Y'all all right? You know, I'm feeling good. Normally, I feel proud that I'm the... Uh, the most popular, most successful alumnus of Coral Springs High School, but uh, but Steve Hutchinson, Coral Springs High School Colt, great, got elected into the Hall of Fame this weekend. So I'll pass the honors to him for the week. Big shout out to Coral Springs High School. Ain't bad, Only ain't a bad second place. It ain't a bad second place, Dan. You all right? Yeah, you know, I'll take it. Big shout out to him though. So how'd you boys celebrate the grown men Christmas, which is the Super Bowl? How'd y'all celebrate it? Oh man, I, I was at home with the wife and and, and baby girl, and um, we we put some on the crock pot early in the morning. Um, Ooh, crock pot! Yeah. What we got in the crock pot? You know I'm a crock pot guy. Uh, oh. got tomatoes in there. What else? What else you put in there? Tomato. That's what you start oh. with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking down. And <laughs> Are you a vegan? Huh? <laughs> Potato. <laughs> oh, um. Is that it? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. That's why. I'm like, what do you make? <laughs> uh, that sounds like some shit Dan to put up. But uh, yeah, man. Potatoes, carrots, beef. Um, some onions in there. Sorry, I'm gonna be honest with my uh, Dan. Shit sounds very appealing compared to what you just said. Did, did, did you just? <laughs> did you make a soup? Did you make a puree? What, what, what do you got? I don't here? know what the. I don't know what, what the. What's the final product? <laughs> No, yeah, I was gonna make, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you had the crock pot going. What else? You, you ain't fired the grill, bro? Nah, man. You know I, ain't, I don't know how to do. That. You know I wait on y'all to do the grill. You know I, I, oh, I, okay. I, I just I just eat the food. I don't know how to make it on the grill. So you know I wait for y'all. Let me tell you something. All the thing I can grill these days is fish, man. Super Bowl's not the same when you're not putting chicken and ribs on the grill, man. <laughs> it slaps a little different. Then we get into yeah for the for the rest of the. Uh, the population that that listens to this podcast and enjoys good food we had uh we had some chicken wings <laughs> we had some hamburgers with uh some pepper jack cheese on them what else we did, nice. we did a bunch of dips nice. we did uh some buffalo chicken dip all that kind of stuff so uh we held it down for uh for the, the meat eaters uh the chicken eaters uh and whatever <laughs> a mod's puree was if anybody that's not huh. in that i got you my dog has the tomato soup for uh <laughs> Oh, my bad. <laughs> <It was> sick. <laughs> what did you guys think of the game? Oh, oh man. man. I, first, first, I, I was down at the Super Bowl. Um, a, lot, a lot of fun, man. I didn't go to the actual game, but for the weekend, I enjoyed all the activities from Thursday to, to, to Saturday. Almost Sunday morning. I had, to, I, had to, I had to cancel Sunday morning. I was just too exhausted, man. I ended up going to the fair with the kids, but... Yeah, man, went to Pepsi parties, the Rock Nation title private party with Lil Wayne. Went to the Adidas private party. Uh, they hooked us up with some shoes. Every day we pulled up. It was crazy. I told them, man, we got to do this Super Bowl thing again next year in Tampa. Good times, man. 
But the game, um, I thought the game was real good. It was a breath of fresh air not having Tom Brady and the Patriots there, man. It's so different. I enjoyed it. It was different. I really enjoyed this game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an old man, so I began trying to go to bed early. But I, I, I you know, I fought. It was over early. Yeah, <laughs> well, I popped my sleep, and then you know I, I stayed up, and uh, man, you know, San Fran stopped running the ball. I mean, I, you know, I, mean, it, it I, don't, I don't think it mattered. I'm be honest with you. Think so? No, I don't think it mattered. So, uh, no, I, they had to go I, get points, and I think like uh-huh. everybody's giving, yeah, everybody's getting callous, um, a hard time about not running the ball. But in all honestly. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, he had to go get points because he knew what time it was. He was only up by 10. He had to go get at least mm-hmm. seven more points to win that game. So he did what he had to do, what he what he thought he had to do to go get points to win that game. But he wasn't going to sit on that 10-point lead, man. Not with the way Mahomes was, was – it was it was prime time, man. He got the heart of a champion. Mm-hmm. And it was championship football time, so he had to do something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so tough. I mean, you know, I think that Kyle Shanahan knows that. I mean – you know, the, the Chiefs are probably one of the fastest teams in NFL history, if not the fastest team in NFL history. And we saw, uh, you know, with Tyreek Hill getting open, you know, we had the one play where uh, the ball hit the ground, uh, but how open he got. And then the next, you know, a couple of plays later when he burned, uh, I guess, burned Richard Sherman there. Um, it, it's, a, it's a tough team. It's a tough game. And, you know, the um, the Chiefs played a hell of a game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like you guys said, it was a breath of fresh air to get different teams, to get some unique offensive play, to get some great defensive play at times. Uh, you know, that's some beautiful play calls defenses. on both sides. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, yeah. You know, and I, I enjoyed watching because sometimes these games, they either are so offensive heavy or so defensive heavy that you don't really get a good balance of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you saw that San Francisco defense really show out. You saw the KC offense really show out, and you saw a really good battle. And I think for the first time it was – a very enjoyable game to watch. It wasn't a huge comeback. It was a, a good just back-and-forth game, and obviously they came back from a 10-point deficit, but still, I mean, just a really exciting game of back-and-forth. Yeah, I, I think that's what, what kept everybody um, interested because it wasn't a blowout. Um, you know, it was offense. It was defense. You know, I even seen a couple times on special teams, was go, them guys going down there make, making plays and hitting, you know what I'm saying, just trying to make a play in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, uh, it was a great comeback by Mahomes and, and those guys, and um, they made made more more plays when they counted. You know, at the end of the game, you know, um, it's all about who can make the plays, and uh, the Chiefs uh, found a way to make more plays uh, than San Fran at towards the end of the game. Absolutely, I thought it was key moments in that game that that San Francisco could have could have took some advantages of even before the half when it was tied ten ten. I think they kind of sat on the ball a little bit. Yep. And I thought they should have went and got some points there. Even with the offensive pass interference, they, they kind of threw – they should have mm-hmm. took a Hail Mary shot while the clock was getting a little low. But mm-hmm. it looked like he was trying to go get points that drive. And that was an important drive for, for the 49ers. They kind of just sat on that. What did you guys that, think that of that offensive game? Yeah, I was about to say, what Would about the you... offensive pass interference? I, 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 I wasn't a fan of it. I, I wasn't either, yeah. though. Because although his arm was extended, I don't think he he, he pushed him, though. You know, no, he just separated yeah, himself. I, he just kind know, of stiff on him a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't, out. I, don't think, I don't think that arm really made enough separation. But hey, that's man, something that's the, yeah, that's not a championship yeah. call. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, that's not a Super Bowl type of play call. Uh-huh. I understand that in a preseason game or week five. But, uh, you know, obviously it didn't affect the outcome of the game. Oh, uh, it definitely yeah, did. That's a, that, yeah. a, a, a ticky-tack. Uh, so those are points right there. Let them play. Say what? Those are those are points a little bit, and then they get the ball at half. Yeah. I think that that did affect the game a little bit. I thought that possession 
right before halftime was very important. They needed points right there because that's just an explosive offense that they were facing. Right. And um, Grappolo, Grappolo, he's, he's an okay quarterback, but mm-hmm. I never got the impression. He made some good throws in that game. And um, I never got the impression that he could just win it on his arm the entire game. Right. I, I thought I the defense feel, had to win it for him. I also feel like a lot of those throws, bro, you got to understand, they was running the ball successfully at the beginning. All right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of his throws came off the play action and, mm-hmm. and, and having a receiver getting open. So he wasn't really – when you really think about it, bro, he was not really just dropping back, you know, making I mean, well, both quarterbacks yeah. use both, both quarterbacks use play action. Cause yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah. much Chiefs' whole offense is predicated off of it. Yep, yep. So you know you got to have some type of uh, a form of run to kind of get the defense to bite on the play action, and you know that's what was happening. So he was getting wide open guys um, coming off that play action with easy throws. Look like this is gonna be the future of the NFL. Look like it's uh, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson league right now. The young guys, Dak Prescott. The, the 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 new style of quarterbacking. That look like this is what it is, man. We'll see what it is. Um, if 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 if, if Mahomes is going to run like maybe Tom Brady or somebody like that, it's going to be interesting to see. But him and Lamar is going to have some shootouts going forward in the future. I'm excited about it. Well, I'm here for it. I'm here for the future of the NFL too, with the addition of you know Burrow and um, you know some of the other guys. You know Trevor Lawrence next year. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Fields. I'm excited about what the future of that position looks like because it's not just your your pocket passer. It's a, you know, it's more elite. It's it's playmaking. It's you know using different uh, you know options and and using just different you know schemes as a whole. You know the NFL's changing. You know hopefully for the better in terms of the way that they're doing. You know some of their schematics for so long. The NFL game you know was just so diabolically different than the college game, and they just kind of you know made you force this you know this NFL thing on these guys. And, and now we're starting to see, yeah. you know, some of the, the, the exciting parts of college all come together. And I think that that's, what's exciting because then you get players that aren't necessarily a prototypical, you know, NFL player that might be able to, to make a roster or make an impact on a thing about, field. yeah. Even if Tebow is in this league, we talk, we can talk about a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, either from like uh defense, defense Youngs and a lot of other guys that didn't just didn't have long careers because they were in an awkward system. I think if like Tebow's in systems like these, was a lot of play action, reaction, and, and mm-hmm. like making plays off of that, I think it'll be a def- different league for him if he came in now. Right. I think he, sure. was, put in, he was put into a, a they didn't, square. They didn't, they were, they didn't, it wasn't even RPOs and all that, bro. Like, Correct. So, yeah. Uh, so it, it was well, like, I, I give a ton of credit to Andy Reid. I mean, he's been coaching the NFL for for a ton of years. This is his seventh year with the Chiefs, um, and he really changed his mindset over the last you know few years with Mahomes and just the way that they no, do. No, well, he's been running that type of stuff. No, no, no. I, I mean, over the last few years, he's really you know changed and has allowed his players, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and utilized his players to make the offense rather than saying, "Hey, this is my system, and either you fit or you get cut." Uh, so his ability to to change up his thinking. Uh, is probably the reason why they did win the Super Bowl. And a big shout out to Andy Reid because he seems like a uh, a good dude. And uh, you know, like you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, I think we talked about last week. Just uh, it was good to um, uh, you know see some different teams and and just see some exciting football for for once. Because I don't know, I kind of find the NFL product boring in the last few years. Yeah, I'm not a big NFL fan, but I, I agree with you. Andy Reid, his, his offense has looked different. I think Eric Bieniemy is is a big part of that. His offensive coordinator. But he's always been the guy that wanted legs at quarterback. He had McNabb. He had Alex Smith. He's always mm-hmm. been 
he's always known how valuable that is, but he didn't know how to run these concepts. And you can see a lot of difference in, in, in the concept, concepts he's running these days, man. But it's great offense, great football. And I'm glad to see that guy get him one, man, because I thought he should have got him one in Philly. And they fired him. Yeah, and it was been. and it was also gr- great to see, you know, some of these kind of unsung heroes, your Damian Williams, uh, you know, those mm-hmm. types of guys that, you know, you had a fullback touchdown. You just you had signed to kind of some unsung heroes of the game, which made it, you know, exciting and entertaining, at least I thought. Uh, you know, Super Bowls are, you know, usually a once in a lifetime opportunity for these guys and to see, you know, different players, you know, show up and show out is 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 awesome to see. So Yeah, very good stuff, man. Like I like I said, I enjoyed the Super Bowl. Um I'm not an NFL guy, but the Super Bowl did his thing this year. No Tom Brady. I'm appreciative. Shout out to Marcus Robinson, the Gator. Got him a yep. Super Bowl ring, the Georgia boy. We tried yep. to get him on the show. Still going to keep trying to get him on the yep. show. So if anybody have a plug, they'll let yeah, us know. Um, yeah, we got some Gator news to get into. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Marcel Harris uh, got, uh, played the Super Bowl yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah, Marcel Harris. Uh, I saw Tease Tabor, uh, Jalen Tabor, he's uh, on the practice squad of the 49ers. Um, saw Chris Thompson uh, as well, former running back, wide receiver, special teams guy. Oh, nice. uh, he's on the uh, the 49ers uh, practice squad as well, and I feel like I'm missing missing somebody else. But uh, but shout out to all those guys. It's a pinnacle of the sport. So, so very good. Gator news. Gator Dan, news. let's get into uh, it. Let's get into some of the uh, – the, the, uh, the, uh, the interesting things that happened around the Gators uh, sports program this year, shout out to the uh, women's uh, basketball program. Uh, they beat Kentucky, number 13 in the country. Um, you know, big win uh, over them. Uh, beat them at Rupp Arena. Uh, so shout out to our women's basketball team. Uh, Gators gymnastics, number two uh, in the country, sitting uh, right behind Oklahoma in that number one spot. So uh, we had Alicia Bourne last week that talked about the Gators' big win over LSU the week before. Uh, they're continuing to uh, to press forward. So, uh, so great job, ladies. Uh, SEC distribution money came out. They announced six hundred and ten million dollars to the SEC programs, which is the most. How much we get? That they've ever that they've ever gotten. And the University of Florida is going to take home a check of forty four point six million dollars. Mm. Uh, no, I was talking so, about Steve Miguel, bro. No, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. Ahmad, yeah, uh, just bring on uh, Strickland. No love. Uh, Throw a couple dollars our way. We got to uh, see, man, because, you know, we let her hold a couple dollars or something. Shoot, you know. $44.6 million. That just, just means an unbelievable more. amount of money. Yeah, it just means a little bit more. So how does that work? Is that a TV deal or is it is it a combination of a lot of stuff? It's a combination, it of, a, uh, it's a combination of, a, of a lot of things. Uh, it is a combination of all rights uh, related to the SEC. Uh, so anything to deal with uh, distribution, uh, anything to deal with uh, the rights to any of the teams, uh, any of the logos, uh, anything associated uh, with the SEC, uh, they share. Uh, that also is going to be uh, bowl money uh, that they get as well. And so, you know, ultimately that that number's up a bit from the uh, from the year before, and uh, yeah. So, like I said, it really any money that that goes to the coffers, so that would be winning, you know, bowl games. That would be playing in you know national championships or or any of the college football playoff. That would 
you know, be uh, any money associated with the uh, other sports and in, in their playoffs and their payouts. Uh, you know, so you know the Final Four, you know, Elite Eight, all of that. So any money there goes uh, into a pot, and at the end of the year, uh, it all gets distributed. So uh, you know that does not include uh, the fact that Florida makes a bunch of money on their own from apparel sales and ticket sales and booster contributions, game day revenues appearance fees and everything else so this is on top of that uh so an unbelievable amount of money uh going to uh each school very nice we had a coach departure we did we had uh we had larry scott tight end coach who's been with the with the program for for two seasons now uh he's left the program a little bit later uh in the season and a lot of coaches that uh, usually get new jobs uh, do uh, he's heading up to the Washington, D.C. area and will be the new head coach uh, at Howard University. So uh, shout out to him. It is his first full-time coaching opportunity. Uh, he was previously a, um, uh, a coach for uh, Miami for a couple seasons. Is that after Al Golden got fired, I believe? He oh, was, no, uh, no. head coach. He was interim to end the season. Yeah. Right, right, right. Interim to end the season, so uh, so he's going to head up to uh, to Washington D.C., which means the Gators are on the uh, the search for a new tight end coach. Yeah, I think uh, of course Larry Scott was a good recruiter, good tight end coach, and it's going to be a, a loss for this staff. But man, what what a good good thing, you know? what I'm saying I'm a fan of Larry Scott. We had him on the Big Three roll up before. Um, I talked to him one on one before. Real good dude. And I think it's real good for him to go to a school like Hampton University, man. Um, I'm sorry, Howard University, <laughs> uh, D. Howard University, to be a football coach and be in the DMV area. To go from tight end coach to jump straight to head coach is a great leap and a great opportunity for him. It's also an opportunity for us to upgrade the staff a little bit. Um, I think it's a little flexibility and we can do some things and, and get us a good recruit on, on campus. Um I don't have any idea who's on the tight end board. I don't even know how to put a tight end board together <laughs> to even give you guys names. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't yeah. you know. I try to find the candidates for it. Uh, right. There has been people on, on on Twitter and message boards suggesting maybe uh, Greg Knox move the tight end and we bring Sider back. I think that's a little far-fetched. I don't know if Sider is um, going to come back. Just, just from speaking to him, I don't think that's something he's going to do right now. His son plays at Penn State. Um, his family's just got there to get comfortable. It, they don't want to just keep bouncing back from city to city. He has a sick kid. So uh, yeah. I think I think he's comfortable. I don't think that's going to be an option, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I say we probably end that discussion now. I don't I don't see any chance there. I would put that at less than 0.01% chance of that happening. Uh, you know, your tight end coach, like you talked about, Silk, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, you know, tight end is obviously an important position in Dead Mullen's offense, but historically it's not a – a position uh, that a lot of coaches stay in for a long time. Uh, you know, a lot right. of coaches are going to move from tight end to offensive coordinator or tight end to either offensive line or wide receiver. Uh, it's in, in terms of number of players and in terms of involvement in the offense, uh, it's probably one of the lower end positions on, on the team. And, and I mean that with all due respect to every coach that, that coaches, uh, but it is going to be primarily used 
uh, as your one of your better recruiters. They do have uh, usually a, a better track record when it comes to recruiting historically and nationally. Uh, you know, some of your highest ranked recruiters nationally uh, are or have been tight end coaches. So, uh, you know, somebody that's jumping into this role, though, it is going to be a sexy role uh, with Kyle Pitts, uh, with some of the other players that the Gators do have on staff. You have the opportunity to take over a potential first or second round draft pick in Kyle Pitts and continue to develop him. You've got some talent behind him as well. Uh, you know, the Gators do suffer potentially a little bit. Uh, Larry Scott, I believe, was uh, deep back with a uh, primary recruiter. So with him potentially, uh, with him leaving that, you know, potentially, you know, changes that uh, recruitment a bit. You know, but outside of that, I know, you know, people on the message boards are, are looking at former uh, Florida Gator uh, tight end uh, Cornelius Ingram, who's uh, the head coach over at Hawthorne High School right now. Uh, but I would imagine that this is going to be probably a coach, you know, that is either a familiar with Dan Mullen, which, you know, Cornelius Ingram does fit, but more than likely he's going to probably be a name that's going to be used hopefully and then primarily for his recruiting ability more so than just his, uh, his ability to develop tight ends in my opinion. Yeah. I wouldn't mind like taking uh, any young guy. I don't have to be Cornelius Ingram. I know a lot, a lot of people like to see former guys come in. And um, coach, and he he's already coaching. I wouldn't mind seeing him either. But any young guy that can recruit, like you said, it's not a position where uh, or a coaching spot where you need a, a, a X and no expert type of guy. You can kind of get you somebody in there young because I mean, you got between the offensive line coach and, and the receivers coach, they can kind of help you with tight end as well. So it's a little flexibility. We, we get a little flexible right there. So I wouldn't mind to see us do some C Rob action. I thought we brought Christian Robinson in. As a young guy, we didn't know a lot about, didn't know what we was going to get, but a young guy that's that's hip to the culture on this recruiting trail can do wonders, man. So I, I would like to see us get a little a little uh, fancy, man. I won't mind trying some things with the tight end coach. Yeah, I, know? I, 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 def- I definitely, you know, been hearing about the, the Cornelius Ingram hire, and I think that, you know, that that's a great hire. And, you know, um, partly but – from what you guys just said, you know, it, it don't got to be a huge X and O position to where you got to get in here and, you know, know, you know, everything up under the sun and, you know, in your first year, but you get CI out there, somebody, the guys that can respect. Um, he's not, he's not too old, you know, you can still, you know, pull up his fam and whatnot. And um, it, it's somebody that's respectable around, around the, the, the comp there, uh, around the facility, around the, the, the city of Gaines. The state. Yeah. In the yeah, state. The entire state. Yeah. It's a respectable okay. name. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I I wouldn't mind seeing CI in here, but you know I know they're gonna make a a great hire um in that spot. Uh, I trust Coach Mullen and the staff to because whoever I mean whoever is gonna do it most likely is gonna take over the Lakeland area where where Larry Scott was as well, and I wouldn't mind seeing CI do that too. I yeah. think he'd fit into that that area as well, man. Sure. I'm interested. I, I don't I'm not scared of change when I got a good head coach. You know what I'm saying? When you had when you have good position coaches leave right. and you got McElwain and Muschamp, you're a little nervous. Yeah. But with Dan, bro, I'm really not nervous about any of these coaches me leaving. Um, I think we'll we'll replace anybody just fine. So I'm excited about it. Well, See who's the next guy? And one of the one of the things. Does, Does, thing Does Larry need? Hold on. Does Larry need the offensive coordinator? Because I know a guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh, <laughs> got a great Go ahead, coach. No, I, 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 just, I, I, a good one. <laughs> I a a good man that is a running back coach. Um. I, you know, I, I think that, you know, it's a it's a sign of Dan Mullen as a coach, you know, just like when we talk about, uh, you know, managers in the in the workspace, being able to develop talent that, you know, you ultimately you want everybody to uh, to stay forever. But that's not going to be like 
exactly. And so yeah. what you want to do is you want to see them elevate in their career. And that attracts other coaches, right? So you're looking at a guy like, you know, Todd Grantham, who's getting offers from the NFL. You look at a guy like Larry Scott, who's getting offers to be, a, you know, a head coach. You're looking at, at coaches that are making moves up in their career. And so that, you know, allows a coach to to look at, you know, somebody like Dan Mullen and say, hey, I, I do trust you with, you know, development of, of my career and, and, and my trajectory forward. So, you know, while it's, it's unfortunate to lose, you know, Larry Scott, because, you know, for all intents and purposes, really awesome guy. Uh, you know, when we hung out with him for a bit of Friday Night Lights, but, you know, super excited for him. And that that only helps, you know, Florida's ability to attract, you know, great head coaches in the future. So uh, very happy for him. Uh, I thought it was an interesting move at the time. Uh, you know, I certainly wish him, uh, you know, nothing but the best of luck. And, and hopefully he can leverage this to, you know, create a great pro- a program up at uh, Howard. Literally know nothing about Howard's football program. Um, I would imagine it, it, it has the, the potential of being really good and an attractive place to play, uh, but hopefully he can elevate this and continue to move his uh, career forward. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good spot for him to, to grow a little bit. Um, not a lot of HBCU guys in the in a Power Five, but it's, it's a different it's a different challenge and, and a different you know what I'm saying job. Uh, I'm, I'm I think it's dope that he took it. I think he's gonna do very well at HBCU. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up, man, uh, I forgot to put this on on, on the lineup, Dan, but I seen this tweet on Twitter. Georgia football recruiting spending in in, in 2019 was nearly 3.7 million. That's a one million dollar increase over last year, which is the highest in Power Five football. So they're the big dogs. Mm-hmm. They're spending the most money recruiting. So when you see when people ask, "Wow, Georgia getting all these people? Like, what is Georgia doing?" And that's just the money that we know about. <laughs> Right, you know what I'm saying? This ain't even the mortgage and the leases or anything. Yeah, this ain't even the legal money. This is the actual money, bro. They're spending a lot of money to recruit, and it's a good investment because we're seeing the results. Um, we can say we want to say about Kirby, we can say we want to say about Georgia, but they're spending a lot of money on recruiting, and they're getting number one classes and and big time dudes. We got to upgrade our staff. We are doing some of that. Mm -hmm. We lost some staffers. We add some, but that's just to show you, man, the difference. It ain't just about these coaches or they can't recruit or Dan Mullen can't recruit. Man, Dan Mullen was spending uh, the money at Kirby Wood. I'm pretty sure we'd be getting some better. If he had a bigger staff and spending more money on the trail and got more resources, that's just how this this stuff works, man. So all these coaches aren't terrible recruiters. Right now, they're just out resourced. And the biggest resource right now is money. Right. Not only that, it's also travel and and everything else, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into recruiting. There's a lot that goes into to, to budgets, and you're exactly right. It's, it's not that Florida is, is strapped for cash. I would imagine a lot of that is money that gets uh, tied up in, uh, in in salary. And so Florida's got to look at that. They've got to look at, you know, their structure. And we've had Lee Begley on the show, and she talked a little bit about, you know, Florida structure. And it's continuing to add more and more resources. The more people you have, the easier the process is. The more people you have in compliance, the easier it is to get paperwork done. The more people you have, you know, in logistics, the easier travel is. The more people you have that are in admin, the easier your CRM and clerical piece of it is. It's it's ultimately just making things, you know, easier and easier and easier. And if, you know, Florida has to beat Georgia, you know, every year, you know, on the football field, you got to be able to compete on the, uh, and the recruiting side of things. Yes. You know, we think that Dan Mullen is probably a better coach than Kirby smart, you know, but if Florida is going to continue to, to pace with Georgia, they're either going to need to, 
develop better talent, which they're doing fine, or recruit the best talent that you can, not put yourself in a deficit, and then just continue to develop that talent. But, you know, to be a million dollars, and you said it's 3.7 million, is that what you said, Silk? Correct. So that's 25% more, you know, give or take, than any other school, uh, you know, in college football. So you can say the results on the field maybe haven't predicated, you know, spending that amount of money, but the fact that they're willing to do it means that Florida, you know, in order to keep pace has got to be able to ramp up their spending or, or it's just going to continue to, to be there. That gas can be there. All right. We got a new segment I wanted to introduce to the people, man. Um, some me and Ahmad and, and Dan talked about behind the scenes. Uh, we're going to introduce some uh, a, a recruit, his film. Uh, Ahmad checks it out. And he just pretty much tells us uh, what he's seen, what he liked, what he didn't like, what a kid could work on. Uh, this week, we're going to do Amari Harvey, uh, four-star defensive back from Florida State University High School, Tallahassee, Florida. He was actually on campus this weekend. Amari, I sent you that huddle link, man. What you think? Yeah, I know I don't, I don't, I don't really too much uh, look at recruits in their film, but we're going to bring this segment to y'all. We're going to have some fun with it. I'm going to get to know these guys. So um, I, I checked out Amari Harvey's uh, film. Uh, he's, he's 5'10 and a half, 171 pounds. Uh, he's a composite four-star, uh, ranked 171. Um, here in a 4'7 and a 40, 4'4", uh, 3 shuttle. Um, you know, this cat, this cat, he got a lot of talent. He got great ball skills. Um, he, he, he gets um, from point A to point B extremely fast. Um, he's not, you know, the, the, the prototypical uh, speedster. Uh, but he plays fast. And it was always a difference uh, in between guys who, who ran a 4-3 and the guys who played 4-3. You know, because I know a lot of guys who ran fast, but when it, when you put the, the film on, they didn't play fast. Um, so this guy plays extremely fast. You can kind of tell he's not um, – he doesn't have a breakaway speed that, you know, some of these guys have. But ultimately, he gets where he needs to be. Uh, he comes up with bad intentions and ready to hit. He's physical. Um, also, on, on, on the other side of the ball, he, he's a wide receiver that can go uh, get the jump ball. Uh, he can get behind you in the defense, and like I said, his, his speed is a little bit deceiving. So um, look for this guy to, 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 you know, pretty much he could possibly play somewhere on the defense um, to where, you know, he can go make plays on the football. Um, but but I like what I saw in this this guy, man. He's going to be a, a good good talent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's a real impressive uh, prospect. What do you think he plays, strong, free, or, or star? What would you like him the most? I think he'll probably play a star position uh, for the simple fact that, you know, you don't got to be too fast in there. Um, especially in our defense, um, you know, you got to be physical right there. I think he's, he's a physical sef- uh, specimen. Um, he, he could possibly play the strong safety as well. Uh, I just don't see him going uh, sideline to sideline, playing a free safety deep back. And I'm not saying he can't do it, um, but I, I just don't personally see it. Check it out, Dan. Yeah, I did. I, you know, really impressive player. Uh, you know, I've got some questions, you know, and I'm out of more curious what your thoughts are. I, Kind of on the lighter side of things, um, I think he weighs about 171 pounds. I know he's a junior in high school, so I'm sure he'll add weight. Do you think, just looking at his body uh, in an athletic way, do you think he has a you know still a lot of space to grow into his body, or or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, and and, and again, you know, we got to talk about uh, putting the film on and pressing play. You know, and I think nowadays mm-hmm. we get too rode rode away with stars and and what this guy could do and you know what his what he looked like on paper. Can he play football or not? This guy right. play, plays football. He makes plays on the ball. I don't, he ran a four seven forty. Well, it looked like a lot of times he's getting the ball and nobody can't catch him. 
<laughs> that's what, that's what I'm paying attention to. What is everybody else running? You know what I'm saying? Like, if he running the four seven, this man is literally picking up fumbles. This man is, is running back corners. He's running post on, on on post corners on safeties, making them spin around. You know that's what we we uh, that's what I look at personally. I you know and and that's what you know we 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 getting away from. And, and back when when I was playing, uh, we either had you know, a lot of speed or guys who make plays on the on the football and and and, and play fast. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what we need. We need guys who can play fast. Not, you know, I mean, I know that's that's cool to have five stars and doing all this, but mm-hmm. I mean, prime example, look at Georgia. No disrespect. Yeah, no, he's a, he's an outstanding player. I mean, I really liked watching him. You know, I think that Forrest sits in a really good spot for him too. Uh, I, I really like you know his closing speed. I like you know you mentioned it earlier, Ahmad. You kind of took all my talking points, but uh, you know he high points the ball. You know, and he seems like you know a real athlete out there. You know, maybe he's not the the most you know measured guy in in the world in terms of you know knocking out of the ballpark on a uh, on a on a combine type drill. But uh, in terms of everything that I saw, you know, from him on the field, he definitely seems like the type of player that's going to continue to add to Florida's depth, uh, you know, in uh, in that room uh, and really could help, you know, turn that room over and really make that a, a real strong position for Florida uh, in the next uh, in the next couple of years. And, you know, Florida's desperate for, you know, some really solid play at that star position. If you think that that's where he checks out, Ahmad, then, then I'll, uh, I'm all on board for a guy like him taking over that role. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think he's a lot similar to to uh, your Matt Elam's, your your Chauncey Gardner's. Uh, he's that type of five ten, uh, super athletic. I think his forty, like Monty, I'm not I'm not concerned about the four seven. I think he's actually faster than the four seven. I don't really care about high school forty combine numbers. Man. Right, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. they're not they're not that accurate. I think he's faster than that. I think he's a guy that could they could turn into a a four or five guy in the college and be very good. Like I said, I think he's very similar to Chauncey Gardner. Uh, Chelsea was more track speed, but athletic wise, mm-hmm. I think they're very, very similar, man. I would well, love yeah. to have that kid on campus, and, and especially I mean, taking him out of Tallahassee. You make a great point. I mean, a silk, you know, having a four seven, having a four three four shuttle, you know, whatever it might be. I always take that with a grain of salt because you don't know how these guys are coached. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's players that spend the next three, four months after they declare for the NFL draft only focused on running the 40-yard dash and focused on, you know, the the exact movement and everything else. You know, I'm not sure, you know, what this guy's background is when it comes to track and field and everything else or actual coaching and running the 40-yard dash and looking at him on the other playing field. And so I really like the way that he played out there. And, you know, I think if Florida can get him, like you mentioned, you know, still a guy like him. Uh, you know, from Tallahassee, you, you, those are the players that Florida wants, and and those are the the types of wins that Florida's going to need to get. Uh, and we can talk a little bit more about it, you know, in this segment or in the you know couple segments moving forward over the next few weeks. But there's a ton of talent uh, down in Miami that Florida's going to have to go grab this year too. So Florida's got to be able to go into the rivals' hotbeds, steal their talent because there's a lot of talent out there that's sitting in their backyard. Yeah. That if we, I'm tell you what, man, the buzz is real. I was down at the uh, Adidas event, uh, you know, um, South Florida Express, that 717 is sponsored by Adidas. Uh, the culture, that they, they was in there. <laughs> uh, Gators is on people's mind down there. Them, them guys are, aren't Gators guys. They're Hurricane dudes, man. But the, the Gators are on those kids' minds, bro. Dan Mullins and, and this winning in this state is making some noise, man. So I expect us to have a big year down south. There's a lot of buzz. Yeah, it's it's going to be a hell of a uh, a hell of a year coming up for the Gators, and I guess that leads us into uh, to the 2020 class. You know, closing out 
Uh, you guys are going to be listening to this on Tuesday morning, so on Wednesday, you know, for them, for all intents and purposes, uh, National Signing Day will wrap up Wednesday night. I think Leonard Manuel is really the only one that's not going to announce. I think he's going to announce sometime at you know the end of March or early April. Uh, so I guess you know we'll roll right into to 2020 uh, recruiting and uh, and where we sit for National Signing Day. But before we do that, we want to give our friends over at South Georgia Pecan uh, a shout out as always. Anything that you need, Valentine's Day is coming up in a couple weeks, whatever holidays you might have, uh, whatever gifts you might be looking for, give our friends at South Georgia Pecan a call, 800-732-2646. Visit them at georgiapecan.com. Again, 800-732-2646, and that's georgiapecan.com. So, Silk, we got uh, a couple of announcements on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, do we want to go over what those are, what time they are, and, and where you guys might feel that that, that Florida's going to sit with those guys? The announcements. Uh, I, I got to prepare for that. Here. No, I got to yeah, prepare cool. Go ahead. Yeah. We'll just go back and forth. Uh, so uh, we got D back with. Uh, he's going to announce, and I'm going to do all these times in Eastern time. Uh, if you're in a different time zone, you know how to do math. You guys are Gator fans. Uh, so at 10 a.m., uh, we've got D back with. <laughs> That's announcing uh, athlete tight end, you know, really between Florida uh, and Tennessee for D back with. What are your thoughts there? Any final closing, you know, opinions or, or, or projections for him? Uh, it's, if it's out of Florida and Tennessee, and if you if you got to choose out of them two, man, you might well just. Cause I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. That's a, that's not even a question. Why why is that even a toss up? I mean. Who, I, I, uh, who would go to so Tennessee? I know that he wants to do. I know he wants to play two sports. He plays basketball, uh, and you know wants to play football as well. Um, I yeah, know. Yeah, that. I can see. Now I can see why he won't want to go to Florida. Then <laughs> uh, you know. All right. <laughs> I, yeah. back to the I had league. to throw that shot. I had to shoot that shot. I had to do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, so So I think it's my understanding. Uh, that he's torn. I think that there's some family relationships that are torn over uh, which direction to go. And Florida's been recruiting him really hard. I think that this one's a toss-up. I think with the loss of Larry Scott, you know, it's you, you almost have to see how much, you know, he thinks big picture. You know, obviously Florida is a program that is number – you know, top 10 in the country, number six in the country uh, in Tennessee, which, you know, struggles for six wins every year. So, uh, you know, that's a That's a decision, you know, that that's probably greater than uh, than football. If, if he ultimately does decide to go to, uh, to Tennessee. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because that don't even make no sense to me. But, you know, right? whatever float they boat, you know. But but let me tell you this. And the guy that is deciding between those two schools, I damn sure want. Uh, deep back with uh, at the University of Florida, and if Florida does not Absolutely. get it, that is a that is a loss in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think it, I think big, yeah, I think deep back with not to cut you off. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean you, you're going to probably pick up where I was going to leave off anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, I think deep deep back with is a very important get for us. I think Kyle Pitts is going out the next year. Um, first round draft pick talent, so we need somebody to play that role. I think Justin Short probably can, but I would rather a basketball frame guy like Deep Beckwith, the guy that can high point the ball, go up and get it, just a just a crazy athlete. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a need, and I hope we land that kid. And I'm not giving up on that, bro. It's a lot of Tennessee smoke, a lot of stuff about family, man. But we'll see, man. Long way to go. It's Monday night. Uh, it seems like it's just a couple of days away, but this is a long time of recruiting. So just vibe. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
so uh, we do know that his cousin was offered a preferred walk-on spot. I believe his cousin is committed right now to University of Tennessee for a preferred walk-on spot. Not sure what that means. Does it mean? I'm not sure if they're real cousins or play cousins, but you know, Never we, know. Know, we know that there is some sort of familiar relation that is uh, committed to Tennessee right now. So we will see at 10 a.m., probably 10, 15 on, uh, on Wednesday. And then uh, not long after that, at, at 11 o'clock is going to be Ashad Clayton. Uh, Ashad Clayton's committed to Colorado. Ashad Clayton came on campus the same time Jameer Gibbs came onto campus. We haven't heard anything about Ashad Clayton since he came on campus with Jameer Gibbs. I don't know. Uh, I've heard a lot. Uh, Ashad okay. Clayton right now doesn't have a committable offer, but right. I think if we do give him a committable offer, I think Ashad Clayton's ours. Okay. I think right now we're still um, we're still pressing for Jameer Gibbs. I think I think right now Jameer Gibbs is is giving all signs that he's going to Georgia Tech. I think that's why yesterday on Sunday we seen a slew of uh, just Gator players and all type of people just tweeting pictures with them themselves with Jameer Gibbs. I think it's like a last ditch effort from the from the whole team trying to get him in the fold. But I, I don't know if we're going to extend an offer to um, Rashad Clayton. But I think if we do, I don't think that kid's going away to Colorado uh, and leaving Louisiana not to play at, at the University of Florida and have a shot to beat LSU. So I think I, we do offer him, a, give him a committable offer, we land Rashad Clayton. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm not, you know, you're, you're tied in a lot closer to that. I do know that he is close uh, with Colorado's, you know, head coach. I do know that he values that, that relationship quite a bit. I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. I'm not sure that Florida is going to give him a committable offer. I think that he's a good player, but I also know that Florida's class is really, really tight uh, in terms of number of spots. So, you know, any spot that they don't use, you know, for this class, obviously is, is open up for next year or also open up for transfers as well. So I'm not really sure. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm not that high on Clayton. I'm fine with them passing on him if that's what they say. I'm, I'm fine either way. If they take him, I'm with it. And if they don't, I'm fine with just getting Lorenzo Lingard in this class. To be honest with you, like, sure, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not. It's it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a letdown not getting the leap back in this class right. when we had shots at a lot of them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a letdown. But at this point, I don't want to just take a body just because they take just to take a body just because he's a sure. four star. So. If the coaches don't think he's takeable, don't take him. Don't reach. You know, something yeah. that we're fine with linger. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I have an issue with is if Florida is not able to get Lingard uh, a um, a pass or a waiver, pardon me, uh, yeah. for next season, that really only leaves Florida with three running backs. Well, who, well, whoever we bring year. in. Uh, uh, yeah, but Clayton's not going to help us next year either way. You know what I'm saying? No, so, and I don't – I'm not even so much worried about on the field as much as I'm considering, you know, practice snaps and, you know, bodies and just overall, you. you know, body count that, that's there. Because that, yeah. that gives mm-hmm. you four guys, you know, if Linger doesn't get the waiver, you know, that leaves you really only three game day backs. Uh, and only one of them has really – I mean, two of them, I guess. I guess it's four. Uh, yeah, you got numbers, but, but you you've got some you know, questions. You got some some numbers issues, right? I mean, obviously, we're all very high on Damian Pierce. We really like him. Malik Davis, you know, had a not great year last year, recovering from his injury, you know, from the year before. So we'll see how he bounces back. We saw a couple of flashes at an Aquan right, but really not enough. And we still haven't really seen anything out of Iverson Clement. So you know, at the end of the day, Florida's got. 
you know, some question marks in the backfield. And you know, yeah. this was really but, a good opportunity for Florida to sell a future to a running back. And it looks like we swung and missed on a lot of pitches. Oh, correct. Yeah, but at this point, adding a shot Clayton to all these people you just said changes nothing. That's my thing. Like, I don't – like, sure. we need to add elite bodies to this. Mm-hmm. Like, Jameer Gibbs is our last shot. And hold on, because Zach, I think Zach Evans got some some – Hoopla going as well, man. There's oh, a lot of smoke around here. Man, <laughs> you know, Ray UGA said he's going to Georgia, man. That's what Ray UGA said. So if he don't sign Wednesday, I'll, 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 he's not going to Georgia. Georgia's been moved on. Um, Georgia's got their guy. But uh, if he don't sign with Tennessee or uh, Ole Miss on Wednesday, I think he takes a trip to Florida. Huh. Uh, and, and, and all best. Also, we have a chance to land possibly still land a league guy. But I think adding a shot, Clayton does nothing to our room, like it, mm-hmm. improving it next season. Besides just yeah. adding another average body, and I, I would rather just save that spot and try to land two elite kids next year because I do think Linger is an elite type back sure. if he's if he's healthy. So I don't think we need to reach reach, but it yeah, is very disappointing yep. to strike out on running backs like that. Yeah, um, you know, and, and I'm very nervous about a future beyond Damian Pierce. Uh, you know, I think Lingard has talent. He hasn't been able to, to display it uh, at the uh, the collegiate level yet because of some injuries Correct. and some other things. Uh, so we'll see there. Uh, Malik Davis, speedster, got injured, haven't seen much since. Uh, Naquan Wright has some talent, you know, but again, haven't, you know, there's still some question marks there. And then uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm very nervous. And, and like you said, so. I like to see Naquan body change that, in the summer. But, yeah. I would like to see. I'm just, just. We got a little time to talk. Um, who are new guests this week? I would like to see Naquan's body change this offseason. Pause. Uh, um, I think like over the, he worked out over the summer. He's been around the team. I think at some point running back body got got shed a little body weight here and there. I think he's looking a little pudgy. I think there's uh, he needs to hit the gym this offseason. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he needs to tap into that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry for the, the cursing. Well, I think yeah, he needs no, to tap into. I think he needs to zone out a little bit and really get in that weight room and and just you know what I'm saying get folks to be that guy because he does have a lot of ability. But I think sure. he ha- he's got to get his body right. And he's got to work out I, right. I was thinking that same thing, and I thought it was just you know just maybe it was me. Uh, I didn't know how you know uh, you know how he looked for sure in high school. I just remember him running up and down against. Like a bad boy. Yeah, I, bad boy in high school, mm-hmm. bro. No, he still got those abilities. But you yeah. know. I, I have, you know, I have seen that he got a little, he's a little pudgy a little bit, you know, and uh, yeah. I'm saying that, you know, that thing because you know he still got here and got recruited, and you know, but uh, you know, I, you know, I slim up a little bit and tone up, and then, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here I think all that, yeah, he, I think it'll all show up in his face, man. But I think Savage got something mm-hmm. planned for him this off season, man. So I'm not, I'm not giving up on on Naquan right at all. I think he has a sure. lot of ability, but I think he needs yeah. to get in that weight room. Sure. And I, th- and I think for him, this is an opportunity because there, there's some playing time to be had next season. Uh, like I said, Damian Pierce is your number one guy. After that, you have a lot of question marks, and a guy like Naquan Wright has the ability. Now, does he have the the, the, the wherewithal to, to really focus, to sit down, you know, learn the playbooks, make sure you, you, you get down your blocking schemes, and then, you know, hit that weight room because there's a huge opportunity. And, you know, Florida's going to be, you know, relying on that running game next year. And while Damian Pierce, you know, we think is great, has never withheld, you know, the full – 
um, you know, breadth of the number of carries that he's going to get going into next season. So, oh, he's ready for it. Opportunity for somebody. <laughs> oh yeah, I oh, he ready in my for mind it. that he is, but <laughs> he still has never done it, right? But but just 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 to show like the difference in bodies of of a Damian Pierce and a and a Naquan, you can just see the little difference, and I think what's the difference in, in, in um. Naquan's body this offseason, but we, we went down a rabbit hole. We was talking about recruit. Let's get back to the board. Yeah, yeah. So all you know, also announcing you know around the same uh, time frame uh, at eleven o'clock uh, Eastern time is Cedric Van Pran, Georgia commit, visited Florida. Was the only official visitor from the twenty twenty class that visited this past weekend. Think think it's still Georgia. Uh, you know, I think the fact that Florida got him on campus was a was a good win to get him on campus. Uh, has only visited campus just this one time. Uh, has been committed to uh, to Georgia for a while, so I think he ultimately ends up staying with Georgia. I agree. Yeah, very good. Uh, and then we we talked a little bit about him at twelve thirty p.m. is going to be Jameer Gibbs. You know, currently committed to Georgia Tech is that elite you know high four star running back. Uh, has been committed to Georgia Tech for a while. Uh, got, I, I believe, his first offer from Georgia Tech uh, is a uh, is an Atlanta boy, and um, you know, opportunity for him to play in front of his friends and family uh, might be a little bit too big for the Gators to overcome. But I know Florida's recruiting him really hard. Uh, but right now, it looks like he's going to stay uh, Georgia Tech bound. I agree with that as well. That something really strange happens, man. I think Jameer Gibbs uh, stay with Georgia Tech. That's really unfortunate, but you know, never know. You never know do a situation. So, absolutely, There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, man. And um, I just see him flipping, and I don't know. Maybe we had somebody else, but I didn't see it. all the battles that Knox had. No way he was gonna win that one, uh, considering everything that's behind the scenes, man. And, and I think they're getting a very good running back. He's not gonna win a lot of games for sure. For sure, I you not. Know, I watched his film a couple of times, and you know he he turns the ball up, he put his foot in the ground, and, and getting up the south really fast, and um, he got some breakaway speed. But I just you know, you know, I mean, no disrespect to Georgia Tech, I I never heard of no kid say he want to grow up and play for them. So, <laughs> been a lot, it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we'll we'll see again. We we've got some got some time, but make a trouble in there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's been a few it. like weird, weird athletes and, and stuff that go to Georgia Tech, man. It's weird. Yeah. They don't have the marriage time. They don't have some receivers come out of there. It's weird like that. But uh, who else we got? That Prince kid. What's it, how you say his last name? Dang. Uh, yeah, I have no, I, I have no idea, and I don't think Will Fong knew last week how to pronounce it either. <laughs> so, I uh, so at two thirty, I uh, so I get so sorry. Three thirty uh, Eastern <laughs> time uh, is defensive end out of Texas, Princely Uman Milan. Uh, and so he's going <laughs> to announce. I'm I'm guessing here. That sounds, uh, that sounds right, bro. That sounds right. <laughs> you just put enough That's letters good. together, you sound it out. Uh, so Absolutely. he's Probably. between Florida, Baylor, Texas, and Auburn. So uh, you know, a lot of people think that he wants to stay or his family wants him to stay close to home. Uh, the idea is that he really likes Florida and wants to go in Florida's direction. Uh, I know Andrew Spivey reported uh, behind the uh, the message board walls, but this was a few days ago, so I'm sure it's made on Twitter somewhere, um, that his mom did give the sign-off that he can go to Florida. And so now he's just debating, does he want to go to Baylor, who has a new coach uh, in Dave Aranda? Dave Aranda that went there? No. 
think he went to home. Yeah, whatever. So they have a new head coach. Uh, <laughs> so they have, they have a new head coach. So he was originally, you know, really close to Matt Rule, you know, who was, uh, you know, now the new head coach uh, with the Carolina Panthers. And now Dave Aranda's over at Baylor. That's right. He is at Baylor because he's looking between Baylor and Hawaii yeah. uh, and chose Waco, Texas. But uh, so anyway, so he's there. And I know that he was able to visit again. Uh, because they do have a new head coach and be able to uh, build a potential relationship with Dave Aranda, who is a great defensive coach. And then obviously Texas is there. And, you know, when you're a kid in Texas, no matter how good or bad Texas is as a school, they always recruit the state really, really well and, and play, you know, a lot of people grow up wanting to play for them. So, you know, Florida sits in a position where they feel confident, but again, you know, being in Texas uh, and being recruited by, you know, two of your better Texas schools is always something you've got to be worried about. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, ben, man, when it's 50-50, I, they, they normally stay home. I, just, I, I, think, I think it probably stays home. I think we have a legit shot there, but it's two Texas teams and us pretty much. So I think one of those Texas teams wins out. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, would, I would love to land um, that kid. I would love to love land back with and um, a few more, like one or two more. Yeah. I think I think Evans is a kid we get, but it's just on a few more spots. So it's on a few more guys that we're after, man. And and with these guys that left, there's only a couple that we're going to get. Yeah. So, and then uh, going slightly out of order, just because I did my, uh, my time zones wrong. Uh, This is a big one. Uh, This is the number two safety in the country at at 245 Eastern time. Uh, Avante Williams, he just announced that he's going to make his decision between Florida and Miami. All the crystal balls are 100% you know, pointed at, at Florida for landing him. Uh, his cousin is Lorenzo Lingard. And so we think that, you know, Florida stands a, a really, really strong chance to get him. Okay, okay. I agree. Um, we should get that kid. Ratliff did a good job. The staff did a good job. Uh, Ron English did a good job. Very good kid, man. Uh, very good recruit. I don't know what he has, like, academic-wise with him qualifying. I heard there was a little smoke back there, but overall, a great kid. Former uh, Oregon commit, elite safety. That's the kid I think could play early. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially at safety because I think yep. safety, no matter how old those guys are, they're very vulnerable. He's a guy that could go make plays when the ball's in the air. And if he gets on campus, I think he could play next year. Yeah, and we saw this year that Ron English really likes and, and Todd Grantham, whoever is making those those final calls, really like rotating. And so, you know, Florida's going to be replacing oh, a yeah. couple of folks that are that are graduating. Uh, they've got some talent coming in, and a guy like Avante Williams, there's no reason that he shouldn't be able to see the field uh, next year. And so I'm excited about him. He's He is the best potential get that Florida can get. I mean, you talk about a guy like Zach Evans. You know, obviously he's an incredible player, but in terms of all of the players that we, you know, we just mentioned, I think that he has the biggest long-term impact for Florida. Uh, And then from there, you know, I think D Beckwith was probably my number two on that list uh, of a guy that can come in, make an impact and just fits the team. And then finally, you know, Princely Uman Milan. Uh, now I don't even have to look down to, to pronounce it. So Uman Milan, you know, is an incredible player. By say, turn all this work just for him not to come here. Bro. I know. It's it's a it's a damn shame, but I'm gonna enjoy watching him play. <laughs> really good, uh, strong defensive or strong side defensive end. So, uh, you know, Florida sits in a unique position. But again, Florida doesn't have a lot of spots open. 
they locked down literally every single one of their guys from the early signing period. And don't forget, you have a guy like Xavier Henderson, uh, who's who's not going to have a oh, signing yeah. ceremony, but he's going to be uh, you know signing his letter of intent for Florida as well. Yeah, everything money after uh, baby handle, man. We get to some twenty twenty one talk. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's. A, is there anybody else that hasn't signed with Florida? Uh, Britt, Mark Britt is a is, okay. a, is a possible uh, good good call. Mark Britt pretty much announced that he's down to Ole Miss and UF, so he's committed to us, but he's going to make a decision. Okay. Um, and I have no Manuel. information on that right now, man. Um, yeah, and Linda Manuel uh, isn't going to sign Wednesday, so that's still uh, wait and see with his test score type situation. But uh, back to Mark Britt, I don't have, I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, so I really right. have no feel for it. You know what I'm saying? I think the staff, they want him in this class. I think he's going to be a real good football player, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, trying to find a position for him is another thing. Uh, I think he's more suited for safety if he's here. I would rather have him at safety. I don't know what Ole Miss is selling him position-wise. But I don't know, man. Lane Kiffin, this, this late like this, and he's involved, anything can happen. That's yeah. just the facts. Yeah, I, I know very little about Mark Britt. Um, I know he's a big priority priority for them. He's not for us. You know what I'm saying? Like they treating him like he's Michael Jackson over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so you know that's you know that's probably your only potential concern uh, of anybody that Florida might lose. You know, outside of that, you know, you got to give a a shout out to uh, to the staff. You know, I think they learned their lesson from last year on ten. I'm taking some risks with some folks that that m- might not qualify, uh, and so this year it looks like every single one of them is going to you know qualify. You know, Leonard Manuel is is your question mark. Uh, you know, but me not knowing their grades and, and ultimately a lot of that being message board chatter. Uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see where that uh, ultimately all plays out. But it looks like every single one of Florida's uh, commitments is is on track uh, to enroll. And just from the that's smoke behind the scenes on Leonard Manuel as well, I've been hearing like that they think he's going to qualify. Like the people that around yeah. the teachers people at his school they do think he's gonna qualify man so i'm, I'm rooting for that kid bro because if he can get in with this wide receiver class we got oh man our best is off yeah i'm here i'm here for it all so so you wanted to, to, to talk about uh, the 2021 uh class so uh there was a big uh, junior day uh this past weekend uh and florida landed to commit 2021 uh, Dejon Reynolds from Loganville, Georgia, who's actually a teammate of uh, 2021 quarterback uh, Carlos Del Rio. So a uh, really strong uh, player, uh, speedy. Um, really like what I, what I saw uh, from him on tape. But did you guys dissect any of that tape at all? Yeah, I like the tape. Big physical kid. Uh, he's a Billy guy. 6'2", physical kid. Uh, shout out to Billy Gonzalez again out early on this. He trying to get y'all off his back early this cycle. Got him hey, a stud. Hey, he shut y'all up quick too. Boy, he ain't got time to play with y'all this cycle, hey, man. He's not going to grab me. He's not even going to entertain all this foolishness. <laughs> no. They're real saying he got four waiting to commit. So I know Billy just got his feet up. Oh man, Billy! Billy got his feet up drinking lemonade, man. On the okay. problem. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. If he he put his feet up, that's fine. I'm I'm a hundred percent fine. If he can land four four star hey, guys, how we get we get him already? I ain't really uh, mad at the results. But uh, but Dejan Reynolds uh, rivals has him ranked as the number seven uh, wide receiver in the country. One hundred and so that's what we'll overall. go with. Uh, yeah. So let's see the composite two four seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. 
number seven wide receiver in the country. We'll start there. Uh, but you know, has, <laughs> has offers from a, from a lot of your big schools, uh, being recruited by all of the schools that, that you can imagine, uh, you know, somebody would be, uh, offered by, you know, your Georgia, you know, your Georgia, your Georgia tech, your, uh, Miami, Michigan, Mississippi state. I'm just kind of going through uh, the list here, Texas A&M, uh, Virginia Tech, so all of you know all of the big schools for the most part, but really, really solid player. I uh, like him, and and it it certainly helps that him and Carlos Del Rio will be able to build their chemistry, being on the same team, uh, same high school team. Right now, the 2021 class has eight commits, six four stars, two three stars, and with a number four class. So it's off to a good start, man. We'll see what March seventh is next junior day. We'll see if we can add some more fire parts to what um Dan got cooking. Yeah, I'm, so I'm very I, optimistic. You said you said you have them ranked number four overall in the country. They're, yeah, they're number four right now. Yeah, and number one in the SEC. So, uh, yeah, there so, you go. so that's outstanding. And you know, you're probably like, well, how many? You know, but you know, Florida's right now number eight in the country, and they're number six in the SEC. So, uh, you know, really solid start. Uh, to this team. So uh, who else do we have on, uh, on campus this year? We had Kamar Wilcoxon, uh, who's committed to Florida. Uh, you know, he's going to be a guy that probably until early signing day or national signing day next year, you're just going to probably have to wonder if he's going to commit, decommit, you know, what kind of attention Correct. he wants, but he was on campus. Uh, and apparently when he was on campus, he uh, was recruiting uh, for other guys. Uh, Carlos Del Rio uh, was on campus as well. And then, uh, Four-star uh, defensive end, uh, Toomey's Adelaide uh, was on campus, and apparently that interview uh, went really well. He's out of IMG. Uh, Florida has never recruited IMG very well or really at all. I don't think we've ever gotten a guy from IMG. So, you know, that's uh, you know going to be a commitment to watch for as well. But all in all, seems like a really successful uh, junior day for, for 2021. Uh, who else was on campus? Uh, Charles Montgomery, uh, another four-star, he said. Uh, that he had a uh, you know great visit. He's a really strong athlete. You know he's probably similar to the the Fenley Graham type, where you know he's you know a return guy. You know obviously you can play a couple of other uh, you know slot position type of type of roles as well. But you know Florida is really going out there and recruiting really well um, for the 2021 class as well. And, and like you said, Silk is starting off strong. You're very strong, Amar. You got a word of the week for the players? What's up? Word of the week. Word of the week. And then around my part, Spoke County, we say bad. Y'all say what? Bad. What? Like bad. <laughs> like bad. Like what a sheep would say? <laughs> like, I don't like, know what you're saying. Like bad. <laughs> like bad. Like, <laughs> like, like, like she's bad. Uh, just like when nope. you say something, that's just like you agreeing with it. Like uh, the party was thick last night. You're like bad. Ah. Like all right. All right, cool. Okay. Bad, oh, okay. I learned something too. I, I yeah. like that. That's a point kind of thing. And you spell it lingo. And you spell it B H A A D. Dan. That's how you spell it, Dan. Yeah. How you spell it? How? B H A A D. Bad. That's why you got the why you got the random H in the in the beginning. Man. How the boy spell it, man? <laughs> <laughs> I can't be teaching you the lingo and explaining how to spell it. Uh, so bad, I, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had oh no God. idea y'all was doing Randy's Hs. Bad. Yeah. It's like a Turkish word. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Look, we teach you Turkish and all that, man. I'm telling you, Polk County's a cultured place. So before we get out of here, man, I got to make it a little awkward. When are we going to get rid of Mike White? Hey, man, you know. I figured I'd make it a little awkward. I figured I'd make it a little awkward. We got we got young guys on our team, so you know it ain't really it ain't really Mike White. It's the young guys. It's the young guys every year, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they never get older. I don't know, bro. I feel like I I feel like in basketball they hardly even stay here anyway for all four years. So like when you say it's a young team, I'm like, dang, like dude, we one and done. Long, and, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. In a basketball roster, man, but we, we're not gonna get to that, man, because I can go all day on slander and Blanco. Uh, Dan, hit us with some Danny facts before we get out of here. Yeah, yeah, we I mean, just the Super Bowl is here, so shout out to uh, we'll give a shout out to Demarcus Robinson, twenty sixth Gator to uh, to win a uh, to win a Super Bowl, uh, a part of twenty two different Super Bowl teams. So big shout out to Demarcus Robinson, a guy uh, who uh, uh, you know was you know had a had a good career in Florida and is really starting to make himself a no, but I'm proud, uh, I'm proud, I'm proud of right. Demar, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah, proud because. D-Rod got in a lot of shit here, like, it, like yeah. smoking, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people that thought when he went pro, people was like, man, he shouldn't have went, he ain't ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought, and I said at the time, tweeted it, sometimes you need some bills, so you know what I'm saying, to tighten yeah. up, you know what I'm saying, some yeah. responsibilities, yeah. and realize that people relying on them checks. Mm-hmm. It is a little different, man. D-Rod never looked back, man. He's been a, yeah. a model citizen and a good pro. So well, I'm proud and not of that only kid. that, he, he's doing a lot of your – uh, your dirty work, your grunt work out there, doing a lot of blocking. Special teams, yeah. Yep. He, I yep. think he's the number four uh, wide receiver on that team. So he's doing a lot of that grunt work. And so when he's out there, he's balling his ass out. Uh, you know, when he's not going to get a ton of, you know, options. I think he had 32 or 35 catches on the season. So, you know, again, you know, pretty solid. But, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be out there. Uh, you know, when his name is called, he had a he had a good year. But, you know, big shout out to D-Rob, you know, like you said, Silk has completely stayed out of trouble. Uh, I think this was his – they got drafted in 2015. So this is his fifth season in the NFL. Or yeah, 15 seasons. Yeah, so it's fifth season in the NFL. So, you know, shout out to him, uh, you know, for really making a name and, and a career for him. And he's a Super Bowl champion forever now. So, Yeah, dope yep. stuff, man. Hey, Silk, I know, um, I know I'm going to see you on, on Thursday out there on the golf course, but why don't you uh, tell everybody a little bit about uh, your shenanigans that you guys are having at Ruby Elixir on Wednesday and then about the golf tournament on Friday or Thursday. All right, absolutely. Uh, we're going to be at Central Cigars on Wednesday for National Signing Day. It's our annual signing day party uh, from 8 o'clock. I'll be there from 8 o'clock until everybody leaves, man. So if you're in the St. Pete, Tampa, Orlando <laughs> area, anywhere, just pull up. Um, no cover, absolutely free. We got DJ pulling up, uh, a lot of different videographers. There's a lot of different shenanigans going this year. We got, we've been doing some big video content for this, man. Um, so, uh, pull up, hang out. We also, I forgot the, the exact restaurant we're eating at afterwards for the, the culture project, man. Um, if you listen to Big Three Roll Up, we're missing it on there. Thursday, uh, golf tournament at Tarpon Woods Golf Course. Dan say he's pulling up. I can't golf, but everybody that 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 was there last year is pulling back up. Chris Leak, uh, man, Sean King is coming out there to golf. Uh, Stephen Garcia Rose, will be there. Yep. Stephen Garcia, um, a lot of big names coming. Man. So if you're in the area, pull up, come hang out with us. If you don't golf, there's a bar there, restaurant. You can come hang hang out with your boy. Uh, just goof around with some golf carts, man. But good time, man. 
We're hanging out. Uh, the proceeds charity go to the Australian fires. Um, and that's all with Jan Stevenson and, and Tarpon Woods Golf Course, man. They just, they just have us hosting it. So we're going to be out there hanging out. Pull up. Very good. Very good. Uh, so let's see. A few other things. Uh, you know, we, we've done a call out uh, for our Patreon account. Uh, we really appreciate everybody that's on Patreon. We, uh, we've got some really great ideas that we're still going back and forth on uh, on Patreon. But you can check us out on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Stadium and Gale. Uh, also, make sure you rate and review this podcast. Give it five stars. Uh, and as often as you uh, you can listen to it on as many different platforms as you can, that helps us. Uh, you know, and also uh, advertisers. We've got some uh, some open opportunities for uh, for folks to advertise on this show. We are talking to a few folks, uh, but we would love to talk to you and, and figure out how your business might be able to connect to the uh, largest skater podcast that's out there. So uh, feel free to uh, to reach out to us on uh, direct message, any of us, uh, or you can reach out to the uh, to the account or uh, Stadium and Gale at Big Three Roll Up dot com. Again, Stadium and Gale at big the number three roll up.com nice i got the song this week right you sure do i get it cam take me out with some some saint john man wedding day saint john hmm. same corner next week same corner next week we'll see you boys don't meet me there beat me there
night to the rivers. These nights excite with these lights and the spirits. This life, the life, when you rewrite what you fear is. When you reach these heights, this life is the clearest. Uh, these nights to the rivers. These nights excite with these lights and the spirits. When you reach these heights, you rewrite what you fear is. Yeah, I'm seeing my shit the clearest.